What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Adam. I am your host. So we're going live here on Instagram for a little bit. You know, I'm going to be answering some questions. I just opened up uh, one of the Parkside NWSL packs on TikTok. I'll be talking a little bit about it here. Wow, look at the camera quality. We got we got some people coming in here. We got Investicard. We got uh, KCon coming in. How we all doing tonight? Um, I'll do some waves here. Yeah, really cool. So we, we, like I said, we just opened some of the an, uh, the official Parkside NWSL packs here. It was it was pretty. Uh, I mean, it was pretty good. Like I, I think the, the product. I like the product. I like the design of the cards. I like. Uh, the, the, you know, they have the, the promising prospects. I don't really know many of the players, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, you know, I know some of... I, I do know some of the players who are in the NWSL now compared to uh, when this product came out is a little bit different. Like, I know Rose Lavelle came over from uh, Manchester City, I believe, and now plays in NWSL, but I don't think they ended up on this checklist, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think some of the cards that I like, I definitely, you know, this insert is one that I'm a fan of. It's like got this like vintage feel. I mean, it's, I think here's the thing I like most about this NWSL product that I opened. I like that it has a bunch of different types of cards in it. And I like that, although I don't know many of the players, it definitely was a product that I think they, they, they clearly spent some time thinking about the types of cards that were going to go into this product because it has like a combination of like different types of inserts, different types of pro, uh, prospect cards. It has like a black and white card that I thought was pretty cool. Um, I'll show it here. Had uh, uh, like a black and white insert. It had like a chrome insert, which I thought was pretty cool. And then it has like a, cu a couple base... Uh, some some base cards with some cool with some backgrounds i'm not sure if these are like rookies or if these are like new players but it has like these like cards with like the back with the logo in the background yeah i mean it was a cool uh cool product to open and i mean i've talked to some of the people over at parkside cards uh i talked to them on clubhouse and they were super nice um, I talked to, I think it was the CEO like a couple months back and he was explaining to me about all of the different types of, um, different types of licensing that they were going to be getting over the next few years over, or what kind of sort of what their goals were at least for getting different types of licensing, uh, for different types of products like, you know, gaming, different basically just like different types of uh licensing that wasn't necessarily like some of the main sports which was you know when i had a chance to talk to him i was extremely um i was extremely surprised because collectibles i'm gonna i'm gonna look them up right now actually just so i can get some names put some names put some faces to some names because i think it's important here they have a i like their website here Let's see if they have, um, like, an About Us section. Um, 
I don't think they have an about us section. And I don't remember what the what the person's name I talked to on Clubhouse was, to be completely honest. But when I talked to them, it was in like one of the Clubhouse rooms. I was just like the sports cards. And I, I was able to ask them a bunch of questions about what their kind of plans were for the future. And one of the things that they talked about was getting some of these licenses that were like not not the main licenses because that's where you know that's where he thought the money was and that's where when i was asking him questions about uh where i thought there was some money we oh we got carter the power oh my god now now the pressure's on now i gotta put on a good live stream because we've got we got my boy in here we got the we got the boy boy and the man in here so when i was asking them questions about what their plans were for the future it seemed like they have a they had a pretty decent at least idea of what they wanted to do and because i asked them asked them about like gaming licenses i asked them about like some of the smaller european soccer leagues i mean the nwsl is like the main women's soccer league within the united states so like getting that license i think is definitely a big deal but like overall i i I asked him about like what types of licenses and i think that was kind of one of the big things that i pulled from uh the conversation that i was able to have with him actually let's see if i can pull up their instagram maybe i get some more because i I feel bad now that i I, I'm, i'm talking about how much i like parkside and i don't remember the the name of the person that I talked to because I know it was one of the it was either the, the it, it was one of the co-founders of the of Parkside because they have the so they do they have this card it's called the Founders Choice and it's an autograph card and they had a Brendan Aronson who is a U.S. soccer player they had a Brendan Aronson uh, founders card and that was one of the first you know Brendan Aronson if you're a follower of U.S. soccer like he is one of the young stars of the of the sport and of the league so like Brendan Aronson is a player who down the road I think is going to be potentially as big as Christian Pulisic in my opinion and so like they have his first autograph in a founders choice product so I think that's a big deal when it comes to uh, having his autograph and having a product with his name on it and his, like I said, his autograph as well. So I think it's very, it's going to be very interesting to see kind of what they do down the road and the other types of licenses because I think when it comes to, when it comes to soccer overall, whatever company can figure out how to whatever company can figure out how to bring in some of the outside of the top five leagues. Because I think realistically what I think happens with soccer, excuse me, is I think, I think there's going to be Bowman type products for some of these soccer leagues outside of the United States. And I think what that will lead to is there's going to be, a decent amount of cards that probably aren't really worth it in the long run. Like, I think you're going to see a lot of cards of players who, you know, you may get rookie cards of someone from I, from an Ajax or from, like, a, some sort of smaller league. 
and the player just ends up never going anywhere else. Now, realistically, that's not how exactly how it works in soccer. Like, if a player is any good, they they do end up going to another to another league. They do end up playing in a larger league. Like, if they're playing in like the Austrian Premier League, or they're playing in, uh, I don't remember exactly what the it's like. Avendes, I think, is what the name of the. Um, the Netherlands league that uh, Ajax is in, uh, and you see some of these smaller leagues outside of the top five, like outside the Premier League, Bundesliga, Syria, um, the French league, and then what is the fifth league? The, oh, the league obviously with like Barcelona and like Real Madrid. Outside of those top five, I think there's going to be an interesting opportunity for either whether it's tops, whether it's Panini, whether it's uh, Parkside, if they want to jump in and they want to, they want to get some of the rookies of that first league. Like, I think there's a very interesting opportunity for whatever company wants to do that, and whatever company wants to try and take on some of those, some of those leagues, you know, rookies, and, and you're going to see a lot of like. Outside of the top five, obviously, that's kind of the point here. But outside of the top five, I think it's going to be very interesting to see who wants to take over uh, that name, the, the, the naming rights of some of these leagues. Because I think there's going to be, I think there's an opportunity. I just, uh, because realistically, it's, I think there's the same opportunity for some of these smaller leagues to, you know, if you're, whether you're Bowman or, you know, for, if you're Tops to make a Bowman product and to make it for some of these players and to even maybe even create a new card for people to collect. Like, whether you're, whether you're creating some sort of new Bowman, first Bowman product or whether you are Panini and you're creating some sort of XRC product or Leaf, for example. Like, Leaf has these XRC products that are like pre-rookie cards because they have some sort of license of like it's uh, they have like some sort of like college license. I'm not exactly sure to what extent uh, Leaf has when it comes to these XRCs. We got Tom in the building. Tom, we're talking soccer. We're talking soccer right now. We're talking about the opportunity that some company has, that some company has to go outside the top five and create either a new product or create some sort of thing. Uh, that becomes maybe like the Bowman of soccer, I guess is sort of what I'm talking about now. And on the podcast tomorrow, we talk about Caden Clark specifically, who is a American who is going overseas. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch his cards because he has an MLS rookie card and now he's going over to the Bundesliga. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does in the Bundesliga if they give him some sort of new card or, you know, whatever ends up happening with, with his cards going forward. I think that, with him and then with whoever can take over specifically the uh, leagues outside of that top five. I think there's an opportunity for someone to create the next Bowman for soccer. I think the opportunity is there. And I think whichever company can figure out, whichever company can do the analytics and say outside of the top five, the most amount of rookies are coming out of, you know, 
the Australian Premier League or uh, a Vendez in uh, Austria, I think. Uh, like I said, I may not be pronouncing that right. It's whatever league uh, Ajax is in or whatever, or, or the, the Irish League, the Irish League that has Celtic or Celtic. You know, whichever company can figure out which which um, you know which league produces the most amount of products. I think there's a great opportunity. I don't know. So that's that's, I mean that's uh, I don't know. I guess it's I guess that was a rant, a segment. You know, maybe we'll turn this into some sort of YouTube video. Who knows? Um, but let's see what what else we got. We got NBA. I think. The NBA obviously has seen a decent, a decent decrease in a lot of their prices. I think it has some, it has some to do with the fact that a lot of cards are coming back from PSA. I think I would be, I don't know, I wish PSA would maybe come out with this data. I don't know if they ever will. But like over the past year, I definitely would be interested to see coming out of PSA, like what is the, what ends up being the, sport that had the most cards sent in and then what is getting well, obviously most sent in because no cards have been sent in since March so like at what point do we see you know what uh, at what point do we see the amount of basketball which I'm going to say it's basketball because I'm assuming but I have a decent you know I have a decent gauge I think on the market in general uh, I think that it's probably basketball and I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if they ever come out with this data, like how much, how much product that they had in their backlog was basketball. Because if I had to guess, it's got to be upwards of 50%. If I'm, I'm, I'm just taking sort of a wild guess, but that's based off of my kind of general overall knowledge of the hobby and sports cards and all that kind of stuff is I realistically think it's probably around 50% of the cards that they're clearing out of the backlog are probably, um, they're probably cards from, they're probably basketball cards. Uh, I'd say baseball is probably number two. Oh, perfect. Here is the Instagram Live uh, graphic as well that I was just looking for. I found that on my computer. That's great. I'd say basketball is probably number one. If I had to guess, baseball is probably number two, just based on the fact that I think baseball is still the top sport, the top sport in the hobby. Even though I think that basketball is taking a pretty decent chunk out of the baseball market, I'd say it's probably probably basketball is 50% of the backlog. If I'm going to be if I'm I'm being I think it's 100 I think it's 50% of the backlog there. And then I'd say it's probably baseball and then after baseball probably football and then probably soccer and then probably hockey. That's how I would rank the sports that I think will probably most uh most in the backlog in terms of uh cards from PSA that are going to be sent out. So I think that's why we're seeing a little bit of a drop in the basketball market because I think it's a combination of people preparing for a ton of basketball product to get sent back and then also just a bunch of basketball product getting sent back and people selling it. Like, because, like, let's just put it this way. If a year ago, 
and I'm just gonna use my own example. I bought tons of soccer, I bought tons of raw soccer cards in the summer 2019 and then into 2020 that I just have not sent in. But like if people sent, if people bought lots and lots of basketball in the summer of 2020, summer 2019, they probably got like, you could get Luca cards for $10 a piece in the summer of 2019. If you just like didn't send those cards in and then randomly in the middle of 2020, let's just say it's May or June, you're like, you know, screw it. I'm going to send in these cards. Uh, I, you know, I'm fine waiting six months to a year to get them back because it's like at that point you're like, you know, you bought them for $10 a piece. If you're buying Lucas, if you're buying Trey Young or you're buying any other player, you're buying those cards for less than $5 a piece. And then you're sending them in to get graded for what, 20, 15 to $20 a piece. So your total cost on like your total cost on a Trey Young or let's just say Trey Young. Let's just use Trey Young because I think he's a good medium between Luca, which is the top of the market, and um, some of the cards that are lower on the market when it comes to 2018 rookies. Uh, let's just say, let's just use Trey Young as an example, who you know has kind of seen some fluctuation in his prices going into this. Obviously, now he's in the. Oh, actually, I think the game is on. I, let me just check to see the score here. The score is 60 to 41 in the second quarter. So that's not great for the Hawks. Uh, not, not great at all, for sure not. But let's just say, let's just say you bought a bunch of Trey Young cards. Let's say you bought them for $5 a piece. You probably, $5 a piece in 2019, you were paying, you overpaying if you're buying for $20, $5 a piece. Let's say you, you sent them in for $20 when PSA raised their prices for the second time. That's what I did with a bunch of soccer stuff. I bought, I sent in them all my Mbappe PSA 10 Prism cards at the end in August of 2020, and I think I got them back in like on a 20 day for 20 bucks a piece. And I got them back. Uh, if I had to guess, it was probably like October, late October, early November. Let's just say that. Let's just say you did that with your Trey Youngs, which you probably got the Trey Youngs for the same around the same price. You got them for five bucks. You sent them in for 20. You spent 25 dollars. And, and you know, let's just say you sent them in a little bit later, and it's it's still it, like I said, it's twenty dollars a piece for those cards. You're getting, you're finally at this point getting all of your Trey Young cards back, where you spent only thirty forty dollars to get the cards graded. And let's say you got a bunch of tens, uh, you got a bunch of tens, and they're coming back, and it's three four hundred dollars a piece for a PSA ten. I'm not one hundred percent sure. Uh, what the price is currently. I guess we have the computer in front of us so we can look it up. But let's just say, you know, uh, based off of what I think, I think I, if I had to guess, it's probably three, $400. But you're also probably getting that card back, you know, with whatever. Okay, so let's see. You know, it says current price is, is 296 on card ladder. So, you know, you spent twenty five, the twenty five to thirty five dollars to buy a card and get it graded, and you can sell it right now for three hundred dollars. You're still making a, a fairly significant amount of profit on cards that it's like, you know, you're you're making a decent amount of profit even now where it's like, sure, those cards 
at the peak, like let's say, let's look at the year chart on Cardlet. In January, when the season was kind of getting started, which I think I need to put a little bit more uh, thought process into, to be completely honest. But I think, I think there's a new trend. I think there's a new trend of when you should be selling your cards. But I need to put a little bit more research into it. If you're watching this on Instagram or you're listening to it on the podcast, because I think I'm going to release this as a podcast, uh, right before the start of the season or right at the start of the season, I think is a new trend within sports cards that will be similar to like how people talk about like you should be buying cards in the off season and then selling them during the season. I think it's going to be a very similar narrative because I saw the same thing with football and basketball and baseball. I've seen these three, I've seen three sports where this has happened, where, you know, in, in, with, with these Trey Young cards, they were, you know, $800, let's just say. And, and you could look at them now. They're about 300 They, if you, like, if, you know, if you were lucky enough to get these cards when they were below 250 like, that's crazy. But I think right before the season is where I've seen, because I was in the, so I was in the Star Stock contest, if you're watching this or listening to this, whatever. I was in the Star Stock contest and I bought a bunch of cards right before the season, and then literally midway through the season, those cards had dropped 50%. Uh, I think there's a potential that that is what the new trend is going to be. Um, I'm probably gonna spend, I don't, I don't know how much I'm gonna spend on some football just to see if this is the trend, or I'm gonna be watching it to see kind of if this is a trend that's gonna be happening, because you know we have football coming up in, what, three, four months? I, it happened last year. I don't see why it wouldn't happen this year. Uh, it happened with basketball. It happened with baseball, and it happened with football. So I think it's going to be an interesting, interesting trend to watch for football this upcoming season. So let's go back. This Trey Young card. Let's just say you know you bought it uh, when it, you bought it raw in, at some point in 2019 when it was between. Five and fifteen dollars. Let's just say it's ten dollars. You spent twenty dollars to get it graded. So now, and I know these numbers are different than what I was talking about previously, but let's just say to buy the card and to get it graded, total costs right now are about thirty-five to forty dollars. And you can sell it. You you get it back, and let's just say luckily you got a ten or or nine. I mean, like what's even? Let's just see what a nine potentially could be too. Because I would imagine a nine is probably in the seventy to eighty dollar range. Hundred and twenty, hundred and twenty dollars. If you get a nine, an eight. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they have eights on. I don't think they have eights on card ladder. But even a hundred and twenty-five dollars, even hundred twenty-five dollars for a nine. For ten, you're looking at about three hundred. I would say, if you sent cards in to get graded, there is a fifty percent chance that if you sent in ten cards that there's a 50% chance that all of them came back either a 9 or a 10. So if you spent $40, you bought the card, got it graded, there's potential for you know, either a 70% profit or a 20 to 30% profit. You're going to sell the cards, especially if you were 
planning on selling the cards in the first place. Like if your plan originally was to buy the card and get it graded and sell it, that's just what you're gonna do. And, and especially now that even though the price had, yes, the price has dropped for these trade cards, these trade PSA 10s, it's dropped from, you know, I mean, I hate, uh, it sucks that these cards dropped from $800, but they're still 300 to $350. Like, and if you only spent $35 to $40 getting it graded and you can 10X your profit, like you're still 10Xing the profit is the point that I think people are missing here. The point when people talk about that base cards are trash and that all of these cards are ruining the market, you can still sell the cards that you bought and got graded. Now, if you bought, sure, if you bought the Trey Young card for $150 and you got it graded and it cost you $50, and so that's $200, you, if you get a 10 on the card, you're still making $100 profit. If you get a nine, sure, you lost some money, but like, I don't know. It's just hard for me to really justify Look, it's hard for me to justify looking at it from that perspective and not being grateful that, and also in my opinion, if you're getting a card graded and you sent it in last year, you have to expect that you're not getting that card back for six to 12 months. Like, even if you sent it in on a 20 day, in my opinion, it's just hard for me to justify sending in any cards and not expecting it to take like six months to get back realistically. So like, yeah, I understand that it's frustrating that like in that six month span, sure the cards drop from seven to 350 if you're a Trey Young. You know, other cards are different, but it's like Trey Young is like, I think Trey Young is the example of a card that people should have been buying, you know, because so I'm going to be, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it probably has already happened. I'm going to be on uh, with Lou Janu tomorrow, uh, or it's already happened. Let me see. Um... I'm gonna be on with him, uh, Cold Brew Convos, on the Card uh, Card Talk Pod Instagram. If you're watching this now or whatever, I'm gonna be on there, and we're gonna be talking about some of these pop reports. And I, I understand that everyone thinks that the the sky is falling because these cards lost a bunch of value. But it's like if you were buying Tyler, I'll get into this a little bit more on the podcast. But it's like or on the show, but it's like Tyler Harrow's, if I have a bunch of data up here that I have for ready for tomorrow's show, but if, which I'm going to be looking, the, the, the numbers that I have here from September 1st until today, I suppose, 20, 25th, which I guess I'll update it in the morning, but either way. If you were buying Tyler Harrow cards at $300, like that card has lost 76% of its value. So like I saw Darren Ravel, he, he posted on, he posted on Twitter or something. He posted something about that the star stock index 
the star stock uh, index, which uh, has the, I think it's the top 30 cards from 2017 until 2020 is down. I'm going to look up the tweet right now so I can pull up the exact data. Uh, because it's, I think it's important to realize this type of information when you're buying cards, when you're looking and doing research. Uh, it's probably in a group chat, actually. That I, could, I remember I texted it to a bunch of people this morning. Uh, so the stars, the guys at Starstock took a Panini Prism base rookie card values of the top 30 NBA prospects from 2017 to 2020 the draft classes, and it's dropped 20, 20.4 points. I don't know exactly. The, the numbers don't exactly make sense, but um, the number itself dropped from 2,600, which I don't know if these are prices or what this number specifically is, but it dropped from 2,600 to about 800, uh, which, you know, that's not good. And I think if we were to look at what the top cards from that, from those, from, I don't know what the index is saying on some of the top cards or what the top car, top cards are. Cause I don't know if they're looking at top players or like most volume in terms of what is selling. But if you're looking at in terms of what volume, like Tyler Harrow and Ruri Hachimura and Kobe White and let's see Jared Culver and Jackson well not Jackson Hayes as much but uh, I mean RJ Barrett 60% drop I mean here's the here's the big numbers Tyler Harrow 76% drop Ruri Hachimura 71 Cam Reddish 72 Cam Johnson 69 P.J. Washington, 74. Eric Pascal, 74. I mean, Bull Bull is kind of a joke, but like 80% drop. If, the, if any of those cards are in that index, you know, that is what is affecting the index pretty significantly because the, the John Morantz and the Zion Williamson, sure, they drop too, but only about 40, 42% for Zion and 47% for John Morantz. DeAndre Hunter, I guess, if you want to include him, he dropped 7, 7%. R.J. Barrett, 60%. Darius Garland, 22%. Jackson Hayes, the wrong Pelican, 53% since September 1st. I mean, I don't know. I think, I think people's perspectives need to... They need to look a little bit differently, in my opinion. And people need to look at what is actually going on in the market to see the real difference. Because I think it's not exactly what people think. Uh, but, I mean, that's pretty much all I've got here. Uh, I'm gonna end, I think I'm going to end the stream. Um, I want to thank everybody for coming in. Thank everybody for joining. Uh, that's all I've got. Uh, hopefully if you're listening on the podcast, thank you for listening. If you're watching on Instagram live, thank you for watching. Uh, that's all I've got. I'll see you, see everybody in the next one.